We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. Lisa V, we are back for another week of this brunch culture conversation. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, I'm out here. I'm just out here trying to make it. <laughs> you sound like you had a rough week or something. You know, it hasn't been a rough week. Um, well, it hasn't been a rough week, but I set myself up for these things. So I have my family. My mom and my sisters were here this past weekend. And um, this weekend, my little brothers will be here. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's back-to-back weekends of being on the go, on the go, on the go. And sometimes, you know, I just want to rest. just want to sleep. Love my family. Family's great. But... Sometimes I just want to just kick back and relax, wake up on Saturday, have no responsibilities, don't have to worry about showing nobody around, taking nobody nowhere, entertaining anybody. Just enjoy it. Yes, I feel you. I Yeah. I, more power to you because I like my weekends. Yeah, so. I, I don't. I'm setting myself up. I want to say I'm setting myself well, I guess I kind of am. I'm setting myself up for sleep deprivation. Uh, that's what I'm setting myself up for. But actually, in, in all in all, it works out. You know, I love my people. We always have a good time. My sisters are freaking hilarious. From the minute I got them, picked them up from the airport, my side was hurting. We were laughing like crazy. Like, it was freaking hilarious. Um, and my little brothers, I have some stuff planned for us. So it should be, I mean, it'll be a good time. It's just... The Are you taking them portion. to the museum? I'm take. I actually am. I'm taking them to the museum on this Friday. This about your fifth time, ain't it? Yeah, actually, I started thinking about it the other day, and I've been twelve times. Wow, it's got to say. And some people ch- still trying to get in one. Still trying to get in for their first time, right? You, yeah. you blessed. <laughs> it's... When you said back to back, I automatically started thinking about Big Sean's song. So I really love that song. Big Sean's song, back to back. Don't uh-huh. touch me because I don't know what it is. I... No, no, it's not back to back. Oh, it's bounce back. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> okay, all right. So I don't feel as bad because I was like, you know, I'm not like a huge Big Sean fan, but I, you know, I keep up with it. It's, it's stuff I don't know about. Back to back is a Drake, it's Drake song. song, right? Oh, oh. yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's they right. both got you back know, in them. Back, that's yeah. but you know, bounce back, right? Yes, I do. Okay, right. This <laughs> <laughs> she's like, <laughs> the saddest thing is right. You sound like somebody grandma that's be like, oh, you know, you know what it reminds me of that post you made about your mom. Um, <laughs> I know, and I done did the same <laughs> <Right>. thing. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that not know, my mom called me the other week and she said, Yeah, you know, Two Chains is in he did his music independently. And I'm like, What? What are you talking about? I said, Do you mean Chance the Rapper? She's like, Two Chains, Chance the Rapper. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Where did two chains come from? So yeah. And I done messed around and did the same thing. I'm my mama's child. That's you know that's what I was just gonna say. You can tell you you, you got the same blood running through you. It's all right. <laughs> you know the can't stuff that's right. important. You, you call it can't get right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, mama but you know what right I didn't before. know. What's that? about Keisha Cole single? The birds are chirping because nobody thought <laughs> her single. Let me stop chilling. You know what? I'm. I, so this past weekend, I was at brunch, um, and I learned. Well, I kind of coined the term for us people that support Keisha Cole, and we're called the Burning Coles. Wow. Yeah, that's what that's our fan base. You got the Beehive, you got the uh, the Navy, and what are these other people called? Um, the Lambs. Mariah Carey calls her her fans the Lambs, right? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Blanks there. You got the burning coals, 
and mm. I am a member of the Burning Coals. And that, we uh, that, All we need is a little it, lighter fluid, um, a good grill. And it'll be hot on it. A barbecue. <laughs> Keisha Cole ain't had a hit since. Has she ever had a hit? Yeah, she had some she had some hits. Oh, that song with her and Monica, I really like that song, Trust. Trust. Yeah, Trust was good. She had uh the song Love sent from Heaven. Oh, it's horrible. Love <laughs> never knew. I was like, what? I could have sung that. <laughs> and we all know that. I'm tone deaf. Shout so, out to Keisha Cole for this comeback. I actually I've heard a clip from the song. It's not a comeback if she hasn't come. She's she was on the Breakfast Club. You you support the Breakfast Club. You you know. Yeah, Breakfast but they Club. have a lot of people on the Breakfast Club. They represent her. They I mean, they represent. They they acknowledge her musical genius. You're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. it too. No, you're not. I got a feel. I'm gonna watch the episode. I got a feeling Charlemagne did threw some shade at her. I, well, the clips that I and I've only seen a few clips, but I don't think he did, he did. Not the only reason I say that is because usually when he does, people always make sure that they they support the clip. I mean, they always post like the clip, like the funniest thing. So she did seem mature when she talked about her and her ex husband, and he's a great person, and they have a great relationship. So yeah, shout out to Keisha Cole. I don't. I want to like the song. I think I just like Remy Ma's part. Um, but you know what? I wish her her well. Um, oh, Remy Ma's in it? Yeah, I thought Remy just Ma's that other song. man was in it. It's Remy Ma and uh, French Montana. I oh, wish okay. her well. I I hope it's it turns she out. She stacked it enough with people that she could kind of def that she they could kind of lean. She, she can lean on them. She can still do shows, and so that's good. As long as you can mm-hmm. still perform, you can still make money. You know, people still buy her stuff. She got a lot of burning coals out there that's just burning bright. Mm-hmm. Shout she, out ain't to no, she ain't got that K. Michelle voice though. K. Michelle can sing, crazy yeah. as a bed bug, but surely can sing. <laughs> surely, surely, surely can sing. Yeah. So yeah, um, the president of Hampton University uh, wrote a letter to Deborah Lee about the Quad because he's saying it's a negative depiction of HBCUs with bullying, um, over overlooking, hazing because of the band's popularity, um, money issues, and so uh, it's really he's really kind of pushing back and there was a number of HBCU presidents who agreed with him and thought that you know the quiet was inappropriate I think it's good entertainment and I feel like you know in any story you do just like doing this just like scandal you could say that's a negative depiction of the White House you know Um, so any show I feel like you can make that claim but if you start making that claim about every show then you'll have no shows Um, Uh, so I feel like it's a negative uh, so the one thing that I can say uh, having not gone to HBCU, but one thing I do recognize from my friends that have attended HBCUs is there's a lot of red tape around, you know, the image of HBCUs because a lot of people try to downplay the the significance and the the relevance and the value of a, an HBCU experience. So I understand from that perspective of you know what we're kind of sensitive to what represents us because we have enough stereotypes. It's just like being black people, right? Uh, being mm-hmm. a black person, like I'm very careful of how we are depicted and you know how things how people make us see people try to uh, show us in a public space because. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, that's the only thing they get. But what I've the one thing and maybe it's 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 kind of because I really want to like the show and I feel like there are some great things that can be taken away from the show. Um, I think that it's while I understand that I kind of feel like I don't want to say it's a well, I guess it's kind of a reach. Like, I feel like this show is not based off of a, a real HBCU. It is it's fictional and it's said to be fictional. Um, it is on BET, which is no longer owned by a black person, but it represents it's kind of catering to black people. And so I think that it it would be inauthentic to produce a show that only highlighted the successes of HBCUs. Now, can I say that from this letter and from the criticism of the show, I'm all for criticism. So from the criticism of the show, I think that you can take that and 
incorporate some of those things and 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 kind of highlight other HBCUs like hey you know we don't have maybe in a comparison of the board when when Anika Nuni Rose's character and the board are having those 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 debates and those uh conversations as opposed to comparing you know that HBCU to an Ivy League they should compare it to a more astute HBCU to kind of give balance I can get that but I kind of feel like it's entertainment at the end of the day honestly if we were to just put a show that is talking about you know how great these schools are and it's so wonderful then you know you're really not going to have something that's entertaining enough for people to watch it's going to go by the wayside and I do think that I was as I was watching the show from last Wednesday, I, I was watching it and I was saying like, I love the fact that this is nuanced. The characters are nuanced. I I, I love the the fact that you know you have this woman who's really really great at what she does, but she does have a weak spot. I was really mad at the last episode. I don't know if you saw it, but I won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But the decision she made at the end after being um, confronted with what her husband confronted her with. I'm trying to talk in circles so I don't give it away <laughs> for nobody. But after seeing that, I was like, dang, you know, why would she make this stupid move? She knows she already under under the radar. She shouldn't do that. But at the same time, it shows a black woman that is very nuanced and, and she has you know, as we all do different layers. We may be one way and really on top of our game in this area, but we have some blind spots. We have some things that we don't see. And I just, I love that we can bring, there's a show that's bringing those things to life. Um, again, this is coming from a person that hasn't been at an HBC, that hasn't attended an HBCU. Maybe if it was my alma mater, I would feel a bit different about it. And, and then I, I think too, if it was my alma mater, I kind of feel like, you know, there's a sense of, well, it's going to take care of itself. I, the greatness that comes out of it speaks for itself. And anybody that is going to kind of deny my school based on this story is kind of crazy because obviously that's not the whole story. But in, in, in all fairness, I do recognize that as black people, we have to protect our, our, our own things. I think we just have to look at this in a different way. We can there could be criticism to say, hey, let's make sure you provide some balance. Let's talk about the great things that have come out of this university historically, besides, you know, the guy that owns the strip clubs and all the, the restaurants. Like, let's talk about some, you know, some political leaders or some some social justice leaders that have come out of this uni this fictional university. Um, and I thought it was just very interesting that he started the letter off saying this fictitious university. I'm like, that's the whole point. It's fictitious. <laughs> that is that is it. And I I do know that people will try to use that as a basis for that's what they do over there at those HBCUs. So I feel like you can say, hey, you know, let's let's do something a little different. But I, I actually I really like the show. Um, mm -hmm. I yeah. I think maybe I would say it's a negative depiction. It would be I think that if it maybe was on a um a more like mainstream network mm -hmm. maybe but I feel like since it's on BET I don't I feel like black people I mean white people really don't watch BET so it doesn't necessarily matter because it's like things that people say um that I don't know it's kind of it like seems an, kinda it's in house, extreme. right? Yeah, yeah it seems kind of in house because it's on BET although and that's why I said BET I acknowledge the fact that BET is no longer owned by black people, but it caters to to us. That's what the, the purpose of it is. It's kind of like being on BET. It seems to be a bit in-house. It seems like we can talk about these things and we can bring these things up because for me, it's it's brought up a lot of conversation. I think that I love the fact that it doesn't show that the band it shows a negative part of the band, but honestly, with one of the characters, it also shows how that same organization that, you know, does something bad and that has hazing that's going overlook, honestly, is challenging this girl to reach her full potential. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you disagree with the way that it's doing it, you have a number of people uh, that are coming out of these these organizations and these groups that are extremely sharp and that are, you know, at the top of their game and the top of their field. And so while you can argue with, you 
know, the things that they experience while they're there, you see the hard work that she put into it. You see that it wasn't given to her. You see that this band, you understand too why this band, this fictitious band is so recognized. It's really because they have, a, a, there's a lot of passion in there. You have people that have grown up their entire lives wishing and hoping to be have the opportunity to be a part of this band. So I just kind of feel like, yo, this is... We got to look at the whole scope. Like, we can't just look at the bad and maybe we can make an argument that we need to, you know, promote the positives a little bit more. But I think ultimately, like, this ain't a bad thing, yo. I'm glad that we got... I'm glad that BT is actually doing some something that is outside of the norm and telling stories that we care about and that we love but you know it's, and it's better than the reality spaces. tv show on uh the divine nine i'm just saying absolutely so 100%. i mean it's better than real housewives of atlanta 100 um I mean, it's not a reality TV show. So I think we need to celebrate BET for trying to produce more <laughs> scripted like TV. You, you saying, look here, at least they're not scraping the bottom of the barrel no more. <laughs> let's just give them kudos for that. The yeah, fact it's that more scripted there. TV and less, you know, that, that new edition. They got um, the story about Nelson Mandela. You know, they doing the choir. I mean, can't we just let them give them a break? Deborah Lee trying. Yeah, Deborah Lee Stephen Hill. They elevating. Yeah, the, I think the the critique of it is fair. We can be critical of it. I'm, I'm all for people being critical, and we can. That starts the conversation about what's good, what's bad. That gives the writer something to bite. You know. The response to what we're doing is that we aren't balanced. So this creates now this creates an opportunity for us to incorporate some more positive things along with these these, you know, the chaotic, chaotic, the the crazy things that it it boosts viewers. That's what people want to see. People don't want to see, you know, just this up and happy story all the time. We have to add layers to it. And so I think that the letter gives context to that and it, it creates the, opp- the opportunity for that to happen but we don't have to worry about you know I think it's kind of crazy to think that we're just going to have this show where well show that people are going to watch you create the show but we talk about it you know even in our, our own space and our platform you kind of have to have you got to talk about I remember back in the day we used to always say you kind of got to talk about Kim Kardashian it sucks but that's kind of what people want to hear. And so if you're somebody that is trying to, we, we care about, I mean, we care about pop culture, but is Kim Kardashian my favorite figure in pop culture? Absolutely not. But when everybody, we're having brunch conversations and this is coming up, we kind of got to bring these conversations to the airways and say, well, I don't want to have an opinion about it, but the reality is I do. Yeah. So I'm going to shout out to... BT for yeah. being better. I'm, I'm when you think about the, the bad, just think about where they were. I'm Listen. here for the quad. I think the quad is great. And I love the show. It's it's good. Yeah. I, I fell in love with that. I catch, caught the reruns while I was in DC and caught up. Yeah, I think it's great. And I also think Black Boy Joy is great. Um, contrary to Ja Rule. Ja Rule. I just felt like, so you don't call kids little boy? <sighs> But it's not even. I, I don't. I don't even think it's like because he was saying like you know you you can't call a grown man you shouldn't call a grown man a boy, and I think he kind of miss what what it is. It's like kind of the idea of you know black girl magic. Like there's it's to me it speaks to kind of this the innocence of. Of, of black people that we aren't allowed to, to show black boy joy. Honestly, as men, we're not allowed to show like the joy that we have as kids. And in many cases, um, there are people that don't really have kind of that freedom of their childhood. So it's like celebrating it's, it's a celebration of the innocence that's in you, the very, you know, we're we're laughing and we're having a good time. We're giving each other's hugs. We're dapping each other up. The photo of Jay-Z and Beyonce, I'm sorry, not Jay-Z and Beyonce, but Jay-Z and Chance the Rapper at the Grammys giving each other a hug. That was like what I saw all the time is like black boy joy, black boy joy. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's these two men that represent, that come from hip hop, which is, 
has all of these defined rules of what it means to be a man and be masculine. And they both are celebrating their successes with an embrace. And that's Mm. not something that we're allowed to see. So this is saying this is the innocence and the innocent joy of black people, black boys. Here's what we is. I don't think it's saying like, yo, you're a boy. Like that's not, you're kind of missing the whole point. That's not what it's meant to be. And I feel like Tank's uh, response was actually pretty, it's pretty interesting in in the sense that I, I can kind of disagree with Tank on some certain things in his response. But I, I do feel like, hey, man, like, let's just take the let's take the positive out of it because this is this comes from a positive place. And this was actually created by someone in our community, a woman in our community for it to be positive that's what Mm -hmm. that's all this is it is nothing else like this wasn't a derivative of something that you know white people said and somebody was like okay well let's you know it was a negative thing that was said by white people and they're like oh let's flip it it literally black boy the hashtag derived from one of our own so it's kind of like it's this is a good thing Mm -hmm. all positive all positive here yeah i just it's i think you know, a better understanding, like you said, would would help him kind of open his mind to it. Yeah, maybe he was just on one one day. Maybe he just didn't. This the funny. I've never seen him. Well, I've never seen them highlight him like going in on a page because usually it's people who do that all the time, like clapbacks. Yeah. And I'm like, when you send him, like Ja Rule, I didn't even know, <laughs> I he, knew was... he was on social media. That's what you're about to say. <laughs> No, it did kind of, real talk, it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, what's happening here? I ain't seen Ja Rule since I'm in love with a church girl. I forgot about that movie. I never <laughs> saw it. I never, yeah. I remember it's supposed to come out, and as far as I know, it actually never came out. Yeah, I don't, I don't. <sighs> Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> like, uh, I was about to call it one of those BET films, but we just gave BET a, a salute. So. Yeah, you can't. How you going? One of the... I don't know. But it, as you know, sometimes I used to. Never mind. Yeah, I, it, it's okay. I'm not going to say it. Yo, I'll, I'll so say. real talk, though, I will say this on that note. I appreciate, and I, I've said this all the time, I love the fact that with the quad to not to revert, because I know we done, but... I just love the fact that we see, you know me, I love, I love to see like black, black thrillers, black suspense movies. Um, I would actually love to see a black horror movie. Um, I love when we don't just pigeonhole ourselves to romantic comedies or movies about drugs or drug dealers or crook cops or prostitutes or, um, you know, servants or slaves like all of those are part of our fabric but like if you can get Johnny Depp in a thriller then uh Omari Hardwick can be in a thriller as well like I feel like the only thing that stops us from doing that is the perceptions of the people because the artists the actors that we have and the writers that we have can actually create these things so I love seeing those things and I feel like the quad provides that as well like the quad provides some some kind of the, the the relationships between uh I really need to learn these characters' name, but the the guy that went to jail and his mom, like I love seeing the dynamic with them and them talking about their relationship because I'm like, here's some real stuff that's not just very, you know, extra on ten on this one stereotype. It's actually this is some yeah, some some real stuff. Like a mom and a son having a disagreement about Who's right? Mm-hmm. It's simple, but it's good. Yeah, and I I like the what how they let him grieve in that, and how he went and talked to the grave. Yeah, well, am I giving away? Yeah. I thought that was really neat because it, I was like, because it's real. It uh-huh. it's real to people, and it also is not something that we see often with our people. So to me, that makes it even better. Mm-hmm. And that he played hard, and then it's like he really was hurting. His hardness was trying to cover up his pain, and he felt like he couldn't really grieve with the people because he can't really trust who he was around at this, from his mom to his roommate. Right, right. 
yeah. So I think it's good. Again, shout out to BT and the Quad. And you got anything else, Lisa? No, that's it. All right, we'll be back with our main dish. All right, guys, we are back, and now it is time for our main dish. Um, and this week's main dish, we are going to talk about the insanely funny to me, uh, but I guess sad to some people, video of Hurt Bay. <laughs> Why you got to say insanely funny, though? It was, <laughs> it was pretty funny to me. <laughs> like, Hurt Bay, if you watch it, we sorry. Um it was pretty funny. I'm sorry. Um, so this video, of course, has... I don't even know... Forgive me if there's not... Uh, I, I've, my friends told me that the name it's was Hurt Bay. Scene. It's, it was, there's an organization that produces videos, and it's called The Scene. Okay. And so it's just like they set up scenes and record them, I guess. Okay. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. But yeah, I think this is the first time everybody's hearing about it. And that's cool. Hurt Bay is... Of course, the internet makes things. Um, yeah. Hurt uh, Bay to put them on the map. Hurt Bay has really put them on the map, and it started a lot of conversation, of course. And so, um, this past Sunday at brunch, we were talking about it, and I was—I hadn't seen the video. I just saw the video like two days ago, um, so I hadn't seen the video there. But I saw that uh, Lala's is a hands, who's one of the Instagram comedians that I follow. Um, she was supposed to be doing a video about it. So that's why I heard Hurt Bay, but I didn't know what it was. So finally found out what it was. And one of my homegirls had actually told me like how she felt like the guy was so rude and so inconsiderate. And, you know, watching the video, she was just mad all over. She was mad at guys and, you know, she felt so sorry for the girl and all this stuff. So I watched it and I didn't really... You know, share her same sentiments. Um, and maybe that's why it was funny to me. While I felt like the situation was really jacked up, I felt like, you know, the guy obviously had other things on his mind and other things he, he cared about. You know, I couldn't really say that I, I guess I felt bad for the girl in that situation, but listen to her talk, it's kind of like, well, I don't really know if it's all his fault because she kind of is allowing this to happen. And so this started this whole conversation about, so what's bad? Whose responsibility is it to, to let go? Um, is it her responsibility to let go or should he realize the pain and hurt that he's putting her through and realize that she's still sitting here and she actually wants to be with him and he's continuously breaking her heart. And so for me, I started thinking and I'm like, well, I think the problem is she is bothered and hurt because she's being rejected. I don't necessarily think that it is. It, she's being rejected from something that she wants. And I think he kind of realizes that, but also realizes that I'm not about to commit to you. So this is just kind of how it has to be. It just kind of is what it is like. I kind of got to keep rejecting you. And ultimately, as a person on the outside, for me, I'm like, that's why I don't think it's super sad, because I kind of think that the position that he's taken is a good thing. I feel like the rejection is good. So it brought up this whole idea of, you know, rejection. It, number mm -hmm. one, do you think that she was being rejected and that was her problem? Or do you think that she was genuinely just you know, hurt by everything that happened and like what role, what type of role do you think rejection is playing in this whole thing? Um, and just in gen with us in general, because I feel like the reason that the video was such a big deal is because people could really relate to the video. Um, some people could relate to the video. Some people were just like, Oh, you know, this will never happen to me. I do this. Like I heard when I was at brunch, one girl was like, oh, she's stupid. I would have did this. I would have did that, which I feel like is fair. You know, like I know people that would have did it, but I feel like it's something that it either puts you at a place of saying I've been there and I've been in her situation or it's like, nah, I was kind of close to a situation, but it, it ain't going on. It ain't going down like that for me. So what you think? Yeah, I think. Like you said, it it resonated so much with people. And anytime you can touch people's emotions, 
they gonna share it like crazy. Right. Um, and they like, this is so foul. And I think people really, you start to visualize that hurt in that person. So a lot of people probably saw their ex boyfriend through that dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they probably wasn't even looking at the guy. They, <laughs> the, they done put the dude faith that screwed them over over Hurt him. Bay became they bay. <laughs> yes. And they like, ooh, I remember when I was crying. They probably called their homegirls and was like, girl, you remember when um uh Daryl did that to me? You know, just right, make right. you know, whoever they who the fact that you just said that you remember, that makes it even better. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's when you know it's real. When you're not using the proper English, like, you know, people, girl, remember when he said, yeah, I, I remember that because, <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. I had the cold and um, put bleach on his clothes. You remember right. when we had to go in the dark and follow him to that uh, restaurant with that girl? You remember know? when we showed up at that whole house? That's what, <laughs> that's what he be saying. <laughs> So I think it just stirred up a lot of emotions and people was probably calling their friends like, girl, you know, or dude saw it and was like, oh, you remember when I did that girl like that? You know, man, that's how she felt. You know, some some guys that if they, you know, are sensitive in that area, like that regret things, they might have saw that and reflected. So I think the relatability factor made it go viral. For me, when I saw it, I felt like a... I felt the sadness for her because I felt like she felt like telling him that was going to win him. Um, I felt like she wanted him back. You know what I'm saying? And she felt like this was a way to get him back. Um, And, you know, I've been in spaces like that where you're feeling like you want someone in a way that it's like, you know, it's toxic for them to stay with you, but you don't want to live without them. So you want to figure out and orchestrate some type of way to make them stay, but make the situation better. And it's really like, why well, you could just split from this situation and have better. Right. You know, um, I think when I saw that, you know what I thought about the hurt bait? I thought about the foolish video. I don't know why. Ashanti. Oh, Ashanti's foolish video. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you know how that whole thing played out and what's the line she has in there? Um, it's like I want to leave but I don't want to see you it's hurting me to stay with you but I don't want to see you leave and it's kind of like you have to choose in these situations you have to choose your pain you have to choose the pain of staying Mm -hmm. or you have to choose the pain of letting them go and each one is going to hurt but the one that lets them go has an end result of healing the one that keeps them there is a repetitive you're kind of just perpetuating that hurt in your own life. So it no longer becomes the fault of the person that you're letting stay. It becomes your own fault. Right. And I felt like, you know, she was doing that because he's like, he's essentially saying, why did you let me abuse you? Exactly. For so long, if you knew I was doing it. And the fact that I can do it, you know, you have to put limits on your abusers and not that he was physically abusing her, but emotionally abusing is is just as bad. So if if you're if you don't put boundaries around an abuser, then that abuser is usually just going to persist because it's like you're allowed to do it. Right. So I I think for me that. Um, cause watching the video. So I feel like everything that you said is great. I feel like that is, it's, it's, it's all true and that's there, but I guess for me, and maybe I don't understand what this organization does. Maybe I need some more context for the history, um, leading up to that point. But the thing that got me is there's a part of the video where she says like, you know, coming here today, something to the tune of, don't quote me on this, but this is, she said something to the tune of like coming there, coming here today, you know, I could never see myself without you mm-hmm. and essentially saying, like, I still wanted to be with you. So in my mind, it, it clicked for me that this was there was hope. I won't say she was trying to do it to do that, um, but I, it clicked for me that there was hope in her that, you know, they could get back together. Things could work out. And I feel like his position, while he kind of seemed to not really be moved by her crying and her tears i think that his position was kind of like well yeah like i'm not gonna change though like or this is who i am yeah this is it like i 
maybe I, he doesn't uh, really understand what the weight of what he did and how he hurt her feelings um, and how, you know, jacked up it was. But I feel like he's kind of saying this. I'm, I'm not changing. Nothing is nothing is going to this is me. Like, I'm not going to not be this person. Um, or I don't really know how to reverse what I did. So I kind of got to reject you. And I felt like she kind of came there with the hope that this would have like some sort of resolve and maybe they could get back together. And his disposition was telling her like, no, I, we're not getting back together. This can't work. Like, I hurt you and I'm probably going to keep doing it because I don't really care to be in a relationship. I wasn't ready for a relationship, but this is me. And I feel like that's what was really making her sad. That what that's what was hurting her. Um, it seemed like when she made that statement to me, it was like, wait, so you kind of thought that there could still be a chance, especially knowing that like, yo, you said you walked in on this dude having sex with somebody else and you just went home and cried. Mm. Like, you know, I know some girls that they probably would be facing a life sentence because it would have been done. But even beyond that, like there was no, at no point in time did you like be like, yo, I don't deserve this. Like even after that, you guys were still together. And so you still were like, I'm going to be with him, but I'm still going to go through his, his phone and his computer. And he's just kind of like, so why you just didn't leave, yo? So, and I feel like even in that, he's still kind of rejecting her and pushing her back. And for her, it was kind of like, you're not giving me what I want, but I still kind of am willing to go through this with you until I get what I want. And it's like, Yo, your problem is not necessarily maybe it started from him cheating on you, but your problem is that you're being rejected by somebody that you don't want to be rejected by. And, you know, the reasons that you don't want to be rejected by him, it makes sense. You're in love with him. But to say, like, this guy is your best friend when it's obvious that at some point in time he's been doing a whole bunch of stuff with a whole bunch of other people that he's not even denying not really seeing how you can make the connection of this being your best friend um yeah i was like how uh, how do you define best friend right and then even after you know going through the relationship you know if this is your best friend and you're bringing this to your best friend and saying best friend i know you did this you're hurting me you, you know stop doing this how do you still at the time of this production still come and still feel like he is your best friend. Like, I think we got to start dealing with some things with you, but what I don't want to do, because I had a conversation about this about with one of my friends and uh, she said that it's so typical for you to excuse the guy and to blame the woman. And I'm like, no, I don't. And forgive me if it comes off that way. Like, I'm not trying to say it's her fault. Like it is absolutely his fault that, you know, she she's hurt she was mm -hmm. hurt like it's absolutely his fault like he he cheated he lied you know he said that he wanted to commit and be in a relationship with her and he absolutely couldn't do it but i feel like at some point in time like after you know the first i'll say first one but first few times that you had to go through his phone and his email and find stuff after the time that you saw him you know, sleeping with somebody and nothing happened. Like at some point in time, you got to say, all right, yo, check this. Here's what's not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to continue to keep going through this hurt and pain and, and you treat me any kind of way. And then I still am allowing myself to be in a position where I want to even accept that anymore like that's not that's unacceptable for me and i gotta get to that point because he obviously is not gonna respect me if i don't respect myself so all that to say i think that she really was grappling with just being rejected in that moment and i think that's what hurt her because she already knew that he cheated with multiple people that's why she was going through his phone if you already knew that he had sex with somebody and you kind of walked in on that the idea that he's cheating with multiple people to me and you've already had proof of like him talking to other people or found stuff in his phone. Like to me, it's like, that's not a shocker. I feel like the thing that is bothering her the most is the fact that he's consistently rejecting her, but I think the rejection is good. Like, 
I don't mm-hmm. think that that's a problem. You know what's crazy though, when you were talking about the fact that you know she's a woman, there's men who actually are in the same predicament as the quote unquote hurt bay. You know that's a woman. There's men who um, are letting a girl cheat on them and still, you know. Ooh. So I don't think it's necessarily like. You know, to be fair, I've known guys who were stuck on women that were toxic. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, they crazy. Because the one thing I can say <laughs> is that I, I honestly, I was talking to my friend and I was like, yo, I. You said that crazy. Yeah, because I, and, and, and just being fair, like not even trying to be funny, but I think that I admire so much about women because I don't. I don't know nobody that's sitting around and accepting that. I don't. And again, I don't know everybody. And I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm sure that they do exist. But the one thing that it's it's harder for us, that pride and that issue, I'll be the first to tell you, like, the, the realization that I've been cheated on is that's a lot to deal with. And, 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 I, and I realize it's something that society perpetuates. I realize it's very unfair. Again, I'm not a person that's out here saying that I'm cheating or that believes in cheating or supports cheating. Like, no, I'm not that dude. But in the same regard, like, you know, I know I've having conversations with friends and being like, heck nah, because you start, we have this, this sense of like my pride and there's ownership and, you know, and it's not right. Like I, there's there are things that play into that, but like that male pride is shook when, and just being honest, like it's really really shook if somebody takes something that is mine. Like nah, folk, I ain't, mm-hmm. I ain't having it. That's so yeah, yeah. It's rare, but it, it 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 is men out there who've been through that same struggle. Yeah, kudos to them. I think that's amazing. They need to write a book. Well, I was just saying that because I think it's important that we, you know, sometimes be fair with the fact that it happens on both, on both sides. sides. Yeah. And that, you know, even if it was, if it was reversed, I think the comment would still be the same. You're allowing this to happen. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like at some point in time, you know, we, we it's a, life is, I forget what this is saying. It's like. Uh, 10% of what happens to you and 90% of, of how you respond to it. Um, and I think that we, at some point in time, you know, we can call, we can point the finger at the person that is the, the initiator. I always say things are cause and effect. And so, you know, if somebody did something, if somebody did something or action, re- action and reaction, if some, if there was an action and there's a reaction. So, you know, the, the initial action is what caused this. The cheating, the initial cheating is what, what caused this problem. But I do believe at some point in time, we got to say, all right, look, I'm not going to accept you consistently treating me this way. It's obvious that you're not going to save me. It's obvious that you're not going to do what I need you to do in terms of looking out for me and making sure that I'm, you know, a priority and I'm not being hurt. That's not your interest for whatever reasons, be it that you're too young, you're inexperienced, whatever. So I kind of got to take care of myself. And I feel like she wasn't doing that, but I don't even feel like she saw that as a, as a need, even Mm -hmm. after going through all that stuff, it didn't seem like she saw that as a need. Like it's something that needed to happen. It felt like in that moment, at least for me, it felt like her problem from, she was crying and what came out of that was like, you're consistently rejecting me. I Mm -hmm. want to be with you. I want you to, to act right. I want you to not, you know, treat me this way, but she wanted him to be somebody who he wasn't. Exactly. And he's not only who he wasn't, but who he keeps saying (laughs) he's shown you in the past, his disposition during that recording was, I ain't that dude. I'm going to cheat on you. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. It's not going to change. Nothing else is going to happen. It's just like, this is who I am. So I think like, it's like, yo, why, what's causing this blockage of you realizing that? And why can't you realize that it's not at this point in time, these tears are more so about what you're not getting and what you're not doing for yourself or realizing about yourself and less about, you know, him cheating on you because you're still in the mode of like, I still want to be with you. Mm-hmm. And it seems it's that like way. a common case of romanticized memory. It's like you only when you're apart from something that even when it was toxic, you 
you're, you hone in on the good points and forget why you left. Right. And so you keep replaying the fact that probably when y'all first dated, he was all about you. You know, right. he took you and y'all did like some really amazing things. He probably took you to a picnic on the beach and that was your first time doing that. And, you know, he probably was very caring in certain regards and did make big deals out of certain days. And probably she's probably focusing on those things instead of realizing the many times he cheated. Absolutely. And so, yeah. and then you're like, well, he was my best friend. We did this together. Yeah. We talked through this and she might've shared some deep, dark secrets that she had in her life that she never told anybody and confided in him. And all of those built up, you know, this like, so now you have all this in your archive and that's the only thing you're pulling out. Yeah, that's I think that is because I think that's true. And I think so, because, you know, they, they mentioned that she never initially she didn't like him. So, like, mm-hmm. initially she didn't like him, but some kind of way, you know, she. So he probably really grinded to exactly, get her attention. Exactly. So he put in the work again. And I feel like this shows, you know, the, the jacked up part of him is that he put in the work to kind of, you know, present himself in such a way that like. Hey, I'm this guy and I want to commit to you. I want to be with you and you're so beautiful and I like you and all of these things, which is really jacked up, bro. Like you have to deal with your own stuff to realize that I'm not in a position to to be in a relationship or I don't want to be in a relationship like this. I want to be single. I want to be in an open relationship. Like that's the fault of him. Like, absolutely. Yo, if, if for, I was telling my homegirl, like, yo, if you're going in on him, I'm not going to argue with you that he's a good dude. Like, that's not my argument. I'm not saying that he's free from any fault. That's not my argument at all. Um, so yeah, I think he is jacked up, but really like jacked at up. a certain point. <laughs> yeah. But at a certain point, we got to say, look here, sister, like you got to <laughs> come on now. We got to do something different. Like you can't be sitting up here crying and talking about you was on your way over here and you couldn't see your life without him. Like literally the minute that you saw him sleeping with somebody else and you went to your room and cried by yourself, you should have been like, you know what? I got to see my life another yeah. way <laughs> this is not my best friend this you know my best friend like my best friend is full of crap that's what that reminded me like when i went to um when i was doing counseling and my therapist said she was like lisa at a certain point you have to realize that this person she was like envision you going to one of your favorite restaurants and you're sitting there and every time you sit down this person punches you in the face now the person wasn't literally hitting me but she was like so why would you keep going and sitting at that same table every day if the person does the same thing she's like at a certain point it, it's not the person that's responsible for what's happening it's you and so I feel like that's the same thing the message that I want to give her today at a certain point, you're you're putting yourself in a situation. You know, if I go step in a cage with a lion that's hungry, um, you already know what the outcome about to be. Right. And I cannot necessarily blame the lion for being who he is by who he's he's acting out his character. And if you already know that, then you have a responsibility to protect yourself from that. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think, I don't know. I think too, and I, I, I don't know. I started getting into other things of like why this whole rejection piece is really a thing because I do think that like it probably plays into this idea of her not being able to let go of what she wants. Um, and maybe this is why. my friend said it came off as if I was being like too hard on the woman because she was like of course you're a guy like you're not gonna see you're not gonna see how jacked up he is and I'm like nope actually acknowledge that I I acknowledge she was like but you're not going in on him and you're really criticizing her and all of your conversation is really about her and I'm not saying that this girl is like oh she dumb or she stupid like I'm not gonna say that but I I just feel like it's kind of hey you know He's showing he's being true to who he is. And he keeps saying, you know, verbally and non-verbally, here is my truth. And she keeps saying, like, but, you know, I'm hurt. Why is, you know, I can't believe like how many people did you have sex with? And oh, I can't take it like what? But you should be able to take it like this is a new. It's not the first time that you you knew this. This is why you were going through his phone. It's like. 
yeah, this is why this is why this is happening because you're not you're being you're not letting go of whatever image you have in your head of him being a faithful guy, a good guy. Maybe he was extremely nice to you in the beginning. You know, maybe he I don't know. He swept you off your feet, took you to your favorite place, bought you like Tiffany bracelet or, you know, just really listened to you and was just there. Even on an emotional in an emotional state, maybe he was like acting like a best friend in the beginning. But at some point in time, you know, we change all the time. People change every day. And so it's like if you realize that consistently the person that he presented to you is not the person that he is. Then at some time at the, at that point, we have to make a change. And if you don't make that change, then you have to deal with why you're not making changes. And for me, my vantage point is that she's being rejected. She wants to get something that she can't have or that she once had. And she thinks that he's capable or knows that he's capable of giving her again, but she can't have it. She doesn't have it. And it's like she can't let go of why she don't have it. Mm-hmm. that's just yeah that's my thing but i think it also brings out the point that sometimes we don't see that rejection is a good thing for us um mm-hmm. sometimes you know we we can really 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 want something and think that is good and think that we are being deprived if we don't have that thing and in all actuality, maybe everybody on the outside can see it, but we can't see it. But it is actually probably the best thing for us is that we're being rejected. And so in this case, you know, this guy that she she loves so much and wants to be with keeps rejecting her. In the long run, it actually is a really great thing. And she's going to look back probably three years from now and think it was the best thing that could ever happen to her. Right. And wonder why she was sell- why she was selling herself so short. Exactly. Because you're a hurt bae, but you probably won't be diseased bae. You won't be dead bae. You won't be like broke bae, uh, oh, in won't. jail bae, stressed bae. Like you don't have to be all these other bae's just because you accepted the fact that I'm hurt bae and I got to move on. Like you won't be uh you won't be wondering why your man then got somebody else pregnant and yet now you tripping mama bay mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't got to worry about that you can let all of that go just accept the rejection yeah because i look back at times that situations and relationships i just had a, a situation like that i look back on because i got the opportunity to interact with the person recently and you know I when when it went down and the breakup happened, I was extremely hurt. And I was like, how could this happen? I couldn't see my life without. And then now I look back and actually having a conversation with the person and being cool and looking back like, wow, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because that was like not my trajectory for life. Like we right. were going in two different two spaces. Different spaces. You it wasn't the right situation for me, but I was willing to just Forgo sacrifice that. Yeah. what I wanted for life because I felt like oh I needed this person or I was in love and it's like Lisa that was dumb yeah. like you know so the rejection while it was devastating I look back on it and I'm able not to have resentment towards the person because I realized you were never for me Absolutely. so it's kind of like well you know we could be cool uh, but that us interacting on that level was never the level that was meant for a permanent space Exactly. And you went through it to learn a lesson, right? Like you you got the lesson out of it. I love that Alicia Keys song where she's like, the line is like, yes, I was learned, but I, yes, I was burned, but I call it a lesson learned. Like Mm -hmm. to me, that is, it speaks so so much, so many volumes. It's like, yo, this was a horrible situation. Like going through it. I remember, I can still think back to the pain. I can still think back to, you know, the sleepless nights, the frustration, the not eating, not wanting to be, the isolation, not wanting to be with my friends or open up or try again. Like all of that stuff can be very real and very current to you. But I also feel like it's important to acknowledge and to point out that, you know what, today or in the future, even if you're going through it in the future, this is likely going to be a good thing for me because something that is bringing me consistent pain and consistent hurt and consistent rejection is not something that I want to be with all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something I want to to, to, to have in my space to consume who I am. A person that is, you know, denying me 
something that I should be, I should be loved. I should not be cheated on. I should be committed to, I should be, you know, good enough to be enough for you. I should be Mm -hmm. your best, your actual best friend and your actual, your actual partner and your actual lover and all of those things. Like I should be able to be that. The fact that I'm not that (laughs) and you keep telling me, you know, maybe you're not saying it in words, but your actions keep showing me that I'm not that. Yeah, I gotta. Mm-hmm. I gotta realize that this rejection is good for me, and I think that's hard for us to do at times. Um, I think it's it's men and women, and I think we, we can apply that, which we always try to do. I think we can apply that to, you know, other areas in life. Mm-hmm. And other things that we might be trying to we trying to do. Sometimes, you know, you're trying to get into a certain space or maybe like a you know, your career your career field, you're trying to get there using this one avenue and you keep getting closed doors and you keep getting rejected without realizing that, hey, maybe like you have to start your own, you have to create your own space, or you have to, you know, try a an unconventional route. Maybe this is the way that, you know, Jimbo Brown did it, but you might have your own way to get to that place. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Like it's yours. And, you know, rejection in, in all regards is, is inevitable. Like we're going to be rejected at some point in time. But if you realize that all you're doing is waiting for this one way to come through and you keep being rejected and you're not moving nowhere else, yeah, we may have a problem. Might mm-hmm. have to do something different. And you know, it's so crazy that you say that too. With career-wise, today I had a meeting with the organization that in in grad school I was attempting to partner with. And today I had a meeting with the COO. And when I was attempting to partner with them in grad school, it was on a lower level. Like you know, what I'm saying, yeah. and I couldn't get a response, and I felt rejected. The same thing with the, uh, another organization that I was trying to intern with. And now I'm actually meeting with them at the end of the month to talk to the top person in charge. So it's like I went from feeling rejected when I was trying to do like internships right. to now being at a different level and talking. So right. it's kind of like, yeah, likely bypassing all of the what you would have gotten if you would have did the internship like. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and it it's good. It work it, it works out that way. And I think like I don't know. I feel like we should <laughs> maybe be going too deep with Hurt Bay, but I feel like you know we should get some things out of Hurt Bay. Like Hurt <laughs> Bay is you know out here schooling people. We need to bring Hurt Bay on a podcast. You know, if Hurt Bay start crying, I'm gonna start laughing. So I don't know if you gonna uh, laugh to, at her. I would really laugh at Hurt Bay. Wow. And I'm only going to laugh at Hurt Bay because Hurt Bay got you. Come on, Hurt Bay. You got to do a little bit better, Hurt Bay. Like, you know, I don't know. I came from the school. And I remember my mom telling my sisters, like, you ain't finna be letting people out here see you sweat. Like, you know, you go call your homegirls and you cry to your homegirls and you come to me and cry to me. But you don't let these fools think that, like, you out here struggling they can't make it without them especially when you've given them you know the best and your best and they continuously like don't appreciate that or treat you like crap come mm-hmm. on now. like nah we not we ain't finna be hurt bae we not doing that <laughs> anyway but y'all hit us up y'all let us know what y'all think about um Hurt Bay, y'all think about rejection, honestly. Do y'all think that the issue that she was facing was really rejection? Or was she, you know, genuinely just hurt by recounting those those realities with the guy um, with her bay? And is it good that she's been rejected? Was he not being fair? Was I being too hard on the girl and not being hard enough on the guy? Um, one thing we didn't talk about was like whose responsibility it is. So y'all let us know, like in that situation, just dealing with that, the, the video of Hurt Bay, like, was it his responsibility to just, you know, realize that he was doing wrong and stop doing it? Or was it her responsibility to realize that he's not going to stop and just moved on? Hit us up. Use the hashtag chat BC. Hit us up on Facebook uh, at facebook.com backslash brunch culture on Twitter at brunch culture on Instagram at brunch underscore culture and we will be back for our toaster roast <laughs> all 
All right, guys, and we are back with our toast or roast. And uh, what do I have to say? I have something to say. Oh, my toast for this week. Yeah, I'm sorry. I want to kick it off um, with the toast. I just had like a brain fart. Like I kind of zoned. I was like, wait, what am I doing? Um, So my toast this week actually goes out to another podcast. Um, I've mentioned this before. I really am like a a connoisseur of podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. So we don't actually produce podcasts. We actually listen to them too. And we listen to other people. And um, this podcast that a friend of mine sent to me is called Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. And it is a podcast where they review movies and they review my favorite movie, Set It Off. Love Set It Off from 1996. It's really bad because I was only 10 years old and I saw this movie in theaters um, please don't judge my dad. It's my dad's fault, but please don't judge my dad. Um, but it was actually a really good movie. Love the movie. Own the movie. I know this movie line for line. Um, I was remember being on the plane one time and actually starting to write the script just on a, a random sheet of paper, just to prove to myself that I know it. And I took that. I didn't get through the whole script, but I got through a lot of it. And I actually took it and I started watching the movie and reading through it. That's the kind of lame stuff that I do. But anyway, Black Men Can't Jump podcast did a review of Set It Off. Um, and I actually, they have like this rating score, this score where they kind of rate the movie um, and they give it like a black fist or a white palm. And uh, their guests actually said that they, instead of just a black fist and a white palm or nothing, they should give it like a Klansman head. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other thing, though. Like, but, but, um, yeah. So they gave it. They they gave it all black fists. Um, and they said that they feel like the movie really uh, progressed and 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 it added to you know the the understanding of black people and the, the movement and the progression of black people, which I can't. You know, I I definitely ag- agree with. There's a lot of the movie that is tough to watch, and that's sad. But I watch so much of that movie in laughter because I think the movie is great. It's funny. And it actually tells stories of, um, you know, a, a, certain, a particular experience. It's not the black experience. It's not every black person's experience. But it definitely tells a story of an experience. And it gives a lot of humanity to people that we often overlook. And we think that, oh, you know, they're criminals. They're bank robbers. You know, they're just money hungry. But the movie shows that there were things that while you can still say that it's wrong, you know, for them to rob a bank or to steal, there were things that kind of put them in a place where they didn't know what else to do. And that got them there. And I think the movie is hilarious. I think the acting with Jada Pinkett Smith, Queen Latifah, Kimberly, Kimberly Elise, Vivica Fox is phenomenal. It's great on all parts. Like, I just love it. Love the movie. Anybody that knows me knows that I love this movie. I quote the movie all the time, just randomly. Um, The movie quotes don't really fit into a lot of spaces in life, so a lot of times it's a reach, but I still do it because that's my movie. And, yeah, so shout-out to that podcast, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. If you haven't uh, ever listened to the the podcast, like I said, my friend actually just put me onto it. I'm definitely – I definitely subscribe to it. I'm going to be listening to it a lot. So shout-out to them. And thank y'all for making great content. And thank y'all for reviewing a movie that I love. And another movie that I really like, which is uh, two other movies that I really like, is Aladdin and the Prince of Egypt. Neither directly helps the movement of black people, I'm sure. But I just really like those as a kid as well. So if you guys want to review those, I'm looking forward. And that's my toast this week. I almost started singing Under the Sea. And I don't know why, because you didn't say nothing to do with a little mermaid. But I don't know, maybe Disney. I don't know what tri- I think the Disney movies triggered that. I don't know. It's it's completely random. I, I have no <laughs> idea where that came from. That's okay. That's okay. Anyway, I want to toast um I was I told Randall I was gonna toast one thing, but then my mind shifted as he was talking to another. I wanna toast Dr. Marvin McMickle which is like a living legend and the president of Colgate Rochester um, Seminary in Rochester, New York. And I had a conversation with him this week um, for the Jude 3 project and just the fact that 
he took the time to talk to me about our history as a people mm. and just clearly just rocked me with stories and people I had never heard before. Did you know the senator in Mississippi after Jefferson Davis was a black uh, AME preacher? Did not know that. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, black people were doing it. And so I just, I love um, anytime I'm enriched by that and it, that experience. And from a older gentleman, I, I, I really appreciate it. So salute to Dr. Marvin McMichael. He, he's a really nice man. Amazing. Shout out to him. All right. And we will uh, leave you with this week's quote. Um, leave you guys with this week's uh, good vibe. I'm sorry. We say quote, but it's actually a good vibe. And again, the good vibe for us is something that we want to uh, we want to put out there on the show just for you guys to use throughout the week to ponder on. And, you know, we all in this thing together. We all out here trying to figure out this adulting life and trying to be successful and still have a social life. And there's actually a meme that I'm going to post to our social media that is I feel like speaks to well there's some young professionals that I feel like have this really in the bag, but mine don't. Anyway, I'm sidetracking. You see how my brain is going? I'm supposed to be giving y'all a good vibe, but I'm talking about this meme. I'm, I'll tell y'all about the meme later. Anyway, so the, the good vibe, this week's good vibe comes from uh, Stephen Furtick. Is that, did I say mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Um, and the good vibe is their criticism has no more power than your insecurities give them. And yes. yeah, I think that is, pff, we all got it. Like that is, that's it, you know, like it speaks for itself. Like, you know, people always got something to say. They will always criticize you. But honestly, if you let your, your insecurities feed into it, then that's when it has power. If you empower yourself and you let your circle and your team empower you, then you don't have to worry about the criticism because hey, they ain't got no power. Um, yeah. Yeah. And some of your critics won't do half the work you putting in. Exactly. They will <laughs> criticize you for not doing something, but they won't do the same thing themselves. Catch Sorry. that palm tree. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> as always, guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to Brunch Culture. We thank you guys for rocking with us. Please continue to share the show. Please continue to tell people about these good Brunch Culture conversations. If you guys have anything that you want us to talk about, that you want to uh, engage us with, please do so. We're on social media. We're on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. You can also check out our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. We have some new things in the pipeline. We're trying to really expand. We're trying to grow. Make sure you like us and share us. Like us on iTunes. You guys like us on iTunes. Give us five-star ratings. Write some reviews for us. It helps the show. It helps us get some sponsorships. It helps us, you know, expand our reach and just grow our show so that we can keep having these brunch culture conversations and we won't break our pockets in the process of doing so. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Hit us up. Let us know. We love you guys. And as always, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.